Well, not to be a Debbie Downer, but the trends for all of us in media are down over the next five years. Okay, that was a bad double entendre, but it was intentional. Uh, Sinclair now needs some more money for their RSNs and is already renegotiating terms of their existing debt. And Mediaco in New York City has just two stations, WBLS and Hot 97, but they seem to be a little bit top-heavy. For Thursday, June 17th, this is Media Insultant. Welcome to Media Insultant, where we offer our opinions on what's going on in media, good, bad, overhyped, <laughs> which most of it is. Wouldn't you agree, Keith? <laughs> I'm Jackson. That's us. I'm Jackson Weaver uh, here in the Pacific Northwest, and Keith is down in Southern Cal, and he's my fellow insultant. Keith, good morning. Good morning, Jackson. Great to see you. I'm having a little trouble with my collar, so I'm just going to I'm just going to set it down there. Okay. I didn't starch my collar heavy enough, you know, out of the old preppy handbook. You know, you got to starch those collars. One one of one of the real struggles with being as preppy as you are. Sorry, buddy, but you know. You know. All right, our friends at Sinclair <laughs> are back at the debt trough. Boy, they just keep racking up the debt. They spent 10 billion dollars yeah. on the regional sports networks they purchased from Fox and now known as the Bally Sports Networks, and they need to raise another $250 million in the hopes of putting together a streaming sports channel. And in this, uh, they're saying to the investors that they will be streaming NBA, NFL, MLB, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, here's, here's the deal for the consumer. Sinclair would then, through their RSN, would charge 23 bucks a month. And the key is instead of a consumer paying 100 bucks a month for cable, because what they really are paying 100 bucks a month for is one sports team or their sports team, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they only have to pay 23 bucks. So the, uh, my question is, how does this work for the sports team? And more to the point, you think the uh, major league organizations are going to go along with this? I mean, this is shooting themselves in the foot. And Sinclair certainly has to be aware of that. Uh, what's the thinking, do you think? Well, everybody wants to be in the streaming game now, don't we? And so, uh, uh, yeah, I guess we're going to have to live stream sooner or later, Jackson, because people are going to want to see this, you know, unedited. You know, we're at the we're at the vortex of a of a streaming uh, carriage issue here in L.A. with you know with the Dodgers. You know, they've still never done a deal uh, with um, with Directv. So you know, you can only watch it on over the air when it's carried or on their own proprietary. They have their own regional sports net. The Dodgers do. And uh, the the Angels are on uh, on Prime Sports, so it's another regional sports net. So yeah, it's this whole sports net and local rights. It's just it's just really confusing and really expensive, both for the networks and for the consumers. You know, it's kind of like, geez, you know, we just want to, you know, what was the, what, back in the days when we got to watch the games on Channel Eleven? You know, now it's got to, you know, you got to go up and go to your regional sports net, Bally or whatever, and, and, and find your Mariners game or your Dodgers game or your Angels game or your Laker game or your Clippers game. At what point have they, you know, really, really tapped us all out as consumers? I mean, at what point do we, you know, yeah, we're cutting the cord apparently, but now now all of our subscriptions are adding up to more than our freaking cable bill was, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, oh, what do I do now? You know? Well, and as we predicted, Sinclair is running into real cable channel resistance with this uh, because they're paying for the sports coverage to carry the RSNs, and then the RSNs create a separate streaming channel, which directly competes yeah. and encourages people to cut the cable. So I, I don't understand yeah. how that's going to work. Now, these, I'm, yeah. Sinclair is well, a bright... I, I want to get... 
yeah, I want to get cable clearance, and yet I'm pissing off the cable guys because, you know, I've got my own streaming service now, so I can go around their back. Clearly, the content providers are thinking that the future is in streaming. You know, it's not in this. Everybody's going to cut the cable. They're going to cut the cord soon enough. You know, and uh, yeah, to a certain extent, they have. But now, the, like I said, the subscription prices, the subscription bills are adding up. You know, it's like, oh, geez, you know. And, and the subscription guys, you start out at, uh, you start out at uh, uh, 9.95. Uh, Netflix, Netflix at 7.99. Now it's up to 13.99 or whatever it is. I got the same thing going on with Disney Plus. Now that you know my first year's done, and I'm going to be off the 6.99. That's going to go up a couple of bucks. You know, all this stuff just keeps adding up. And I think, you know, everybody think, well, but they're going to want to stream. You know, my my content. They're going to want to stream Bally. You know, it's like, well, okay. I don't know. I don't. I'm. I'm. It's just. It's just crazy making. It is a train wreck, and uh, and it's going to take a while to sort it out. I think the issue of rights is really sticky, because the all the major league organizations have really stuck to you know really controlling where that content goes, and they're losing control of it, and it's uh, it's going to cost some people some pretty big money. It really is. Going to yeah. Be well, on the other side of the coin, the other side of the coin is the teams are going. You know, we're we're tired. We're tired of working with these affiliates, these rights guys. You know, it's a real pain in the ass. They're not paying us what we're worth. We can make a lot more money if we do it ourselves. So they come up with their own network. Regional sports network, right. It's their own region, their own RSN that they own, and they program full-time, and they sell all the inventory. They control all the inventory. So they're in the ad sales business competing with the cable company who's carrying the regional sports net. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, so the teams have gotten greedy in a way. Uh, that that has them out there competing. So now you know, all these guys have their own sales staffs. They're all selling their own airtime. Not all, but a lot of them are. And um, you know who's to blame them? You know, I mean, even even the Dodgers own the Dodgers own half of their 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 radio station KLAC, which carries the game. So they're not doing a rights deal with iHeart. They own the freaking station or half of it anyway. Well, well, the Angels, the Angels, Artie Marino came over here and bought an bought an AM station for over forty million dollars back when he bought the team. You know, decades ago. And so now he's got he's got his own radio station that's had uh, the games on you know since then. So either own your own station or have your own sports net. That seems to be the thing to do. Well, it'll be uh, real interesting to see how they do with this because uh, I think Sinclair's on a pretty risky tact right now, but I don't think they have any problem doing it because they're so up against the wall. They're already trying to renegotiate the money they borrowed to buy the regional sports nets. And between pandemic and cord cutting, they're seeing revenue on that really drop off and become problematic in the future. So I think they don't have much choice but to stick with it, and we'll see where they go. The the good news is they're getting millions and millions of dollars of promotional airtime on Lotus radio stations as a part of that deal where Lotus bought their the Sinclair radio stations in Seattle, most of its promo trade. So I think the future of Bally Sportsnet is all the promos you're going to hear on KPLZ. <laughs> I think you're probably right. <laughs> well, while you know most uh, stations these days are really trimming senior management, more management's being added at uh, Mediaco. In New York City. Now, it's really, this is the major market, but why is it so top-heavy? Or is it top-heavy? It seems like it is, but give me your read on it. Well, I don't know. Just just this last week, uh, at the end of the week, there was a big announcement that uh, MediaCo, who operates, they don't own Hot 97 and WBLS. They operate those stations. Emma still owns them. They So there's some little joint sales, joint operating agreement thing they've got in place. 
And they've run them pretty traditionally. I mean, there's a market manager who happens to also be the director of sales for New York City for these two radio stations. His name is, uh, is Ron DeCastro. And there's a senior VP of content and operations, basically the big to-do program director, uh, P.O. Farrow. And those guys are in place running the stations, the two radio stations. iHeart's probably got eight or nine. Odyssey's got a similar portfolio. Cumulus has got... Sta- I mean, it's, they're all in there, right? These guys have two stations. Now, that's plenty of management to handle those two stations. And they've got sales staffs and DJs and all that stuff. So last week it was announced that they've hired a CEO over the top of Ron DeCastro. And they've hired a senior VP of operations over PO. So now they've added a double layer of guys two guys, over these two people. And it's like, does this make a lot of sense for two radio stations? Well, it would if one of those stations maybe was billing 50 or $60 million, like KISS FM in LA, or like WTOP in Washington, D.C., okay? But they're not. Neither of these stations are in the top 10 in terms of billing uh, in America. I mean, and, and probably not even close to the $35 million that it takes to break into that, that uh, elite group of stations. So to me... This is you're adding on I don't know six hundred seven hundred thousand dollars worth of salary and you know and 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 salary expense to hire these two hotshots to come in oversee the guys that are already making probably three fifty or three hundred grand. Now uh, it doesn't make sense to me that that these two stations need that much more management. Sorry, I don't well, get it. Yeah, maybe they're gearing up for some kind of a merger. You know, that's I don't know who that would be. That's pure speculation and just occurred to me as we're talking, but. That does seem like a real top-heavy organization. I guess we'll keep an eye on it, see what happens. And uh, I think Jeff Smullyan at Emmis is pretty well out of the broadcasting business. I know he's trying to sell BLS. The price on it is $10 million. And needless to say, the line out the front door is for coffee, not (laughs) for buyers, for WBLS at $10 million. Yeah, and and, you know Jeff Jeff still has his home market in in Indianapolis. So that's his last remaining cluster. So he's... He he's does, still got that, and he's got a. I think he's got Indiana Magazine or whatever the magazine is in Indianapolis. He's got that going, but that's pretty much it for Emmis. Yep, that's right, and that's you know that's all nostalgic. That's you know he's made his money and and moved on, and a good guy. So yeah, yeah. hope he hope he continues to do well. But you know the business has uh, got a real bummer. Wall Street analyst, a firm by the name of Nathanson Moffat, and a quite noted uh, media analyst for a media analysis firm their projections for traditional media are just miserable Mm, keith mm. uh tv okay up a little broadcast up 4.1 percent but you know that's problematic (laughs) radio is down over the next five years between 2019 2025 is down 24.3 percent newspapers are off 28 percent yeah ah but digital digital's up 51 percent you know, this is a problematic. Any, I mean, what what do you do when you're in a business that is on this kind of a long term tail down? We talk about this all the time. It's it's really got to be really discouraging for a lot of people. Well, sa- sadly, the radio, sadly the audio. I mean, radio audio operators are going all. Di- we got to go get that digital money, man. That's where all the money is, man. We got to go get that digital, and so they they do that. But the fact of the matter is, you know, what are we doing to protect our core business? What are we doing to keep our operations attractive enough to local advertisers? Um, you know, digital has really picked clean 
newspapers. Okay, so that you know, uh, you know, broadcast. We all went after newspaper dollars to get you know, go after those big ads in the newspaper and go make a call on them and get them to switch to radio, and that was the that was our that was our motivation for decades, right? The newspaper had all the money. Now the newspaper doesn't have any of the money. Nobody's going after anybody in the newspaper. <laughs> I, I opened up the Saturday L.A. Times, okay? I mean, the Sunday L.A. Times yesterday. Sunday L.A. Times, okay? Do you know how many ads were in the eight pages of the sports section? No, tell me. If you guessed one, you were correct. There was one ad oh. in the sports section on Sunday, and it was for... One of the local sports stations here in L.A., uh, the ESPN owned uh, AM710 ESPN here in L.A. So do you think that might have been trade? Oh, no. no, no. Radio no, stations sure are they had cash. to trade. I'm sure they... they, they I paid cash. Yeah. Cash on the barrel. Yeah, I'm sure their eighth of a page got was cash. No, it was trade. So it's like... There's nothing there anymore. So now, you know, now I think what we're going to see is 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 TV and, and and radio companies really start to go after those digital dollars and go, yeah, we've got digital assets, but with all the fraud that we've talked about before, with all of the ad tech fraud, with the viewership, you know, the viewership bot fraud, all of that going on, um, you know, we're pretty good on investment. We're still a pretty safe investment here, guys. Come on, let's let's you know, this just not. But boy, they just, they just, they can't spend digital on, they can't spend fast enough in digital. It's just crazy. No, it's right. Crazy. It's right. Well, my takeaway on it is uh, those of us in media have had uh, plenty of warning and the time is long past pivoting. You know, we, we got to figure out how to integrate that in somehow, come up with better sales programs or, you know, the alternative is to open a dog walking service, you know. (laughs) Get out of the business. Well, you know, listen. Yeah, it's it's it, there. There are lots of scary alternatives, and you know, programmatic is one of them, and among others. But you know, when you look at this data, for particularly for newspapers, this is twenty eight percent down off of off of a business that's down twenty percent, fifteen to twenty percent every year. So right. you know, when you see newspaper down twenty percent, twenty eight percent, that means it's not going to be there. There is no more left to take. I'm sorry about all the reporters and newsroom employees are all upset because their newspapers are going away. It's because A, no one's reading them, and B, no one's advertising in them, and C, no one's subscribing to them. So, you know, they don't want to admit they have a product problem. They think it's it's just it's it's because the world is mistreating them. We don't understand the important role they play in democracy. Well, if you did, people would be what we'd be paying to buy your newspaper, but they're not. And so, you know, it's just it's just this it's just this uh, race down the drain in in the newspaper business. That's just, according to all the research we see, is just gonna is just unstoppable. There's just no plugging that dike. Now, I would argue that there are a couple of exceptions. I think the New York Times has pivoted nicely and uh, is making quite a bit of money on things like their podcasts. And they have had a rejuvenation in their subscription and their paywall. And I hear uh, that the Washington Post makes about $100 million a year now for Jeff Bezos. Now, that was probably very strongly accelerated by the Trump administration. And so the Post has probably really benefited from that financially. But overall, 
Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so you've it's, got, you've got it's, three, in a, got, it's in a real right. Spot. You've got the three national papers. You've got the Wall Street Journal, you've got the New York Times, and you've got the Washington Post. You have USA, USA Today is, is shrinking rapidly, and, and with the COVID lockdown of, of travel, none of, it, none, none of their free papers in, in hotels were ever read. So that's a disaster about to happen. Uh, so you know, they've pivoted away to a lot more local, biz, local, local newspapers. By buying Gatehouse, and that's moving beyond USA Today. That's you know you probably won't see a USA Today in, in four, in three or four years, maybe sooner. Right, um, right. But you know it is a really difficult thing. Other than those big national brands, you know every every all these major daily local dailies are really really struggling. So, and I'm sorry to hear that because I know a lot of people who work there, and they're good people. They're just trying to hang on. Yep. Well said. I think you know next Tuesday we do uh, our good example of bad management and you've got a great yeller story is it is that right what's the story uh, give give me a tease on what your good example of bad management is for next Tuesday uh, it's a sales staff whose jobs were threatened unless they performed on a particular day all right well that'll be our good example of bad management that we will feature each Tuesday we do this each Tuesday and Thursday and Keith and I are here to offer our opinions if you have uh, your example of good or bad management, a good example of bad management. Encourage you to send it to Jackson at Intown Media. And uh, we get uh, Google to turn on our YouTube channel. We'll be back on video just as soon as possible. Keith, <laughs> sign us out here. I appreciate seeing you, and you go have a good uh, week. Thank you. It's been a great week. And uh, everybody, don't, don't forget to go look us up on all the usual places for uh, audio podcasts. And make sure that you do check us out because, you know, we're such good-looking guys and so fun to watch on YouTube, Media Insultant, and also at Jackson Weaver. Have a great weekend. We'll look forward to seeing you all next week.